0: Welcome to Realm of Faith Radio with Reverend Tox and you on. Just like healing belongs to us, just like provision belongs to us, just like righteousness belongs to us, in the same way divine protection belongs to us. In Luke ten nineteen, Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power. And that Greek word is actually exousia, better translated authority. The American Standard Version puts it as that. Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the ability, all the power of the enemy. And he said, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Right now, here's Reverend Talks with today's message. Talking about angelic protection, angelic protection. Praise God. And let's start with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for once again another opportunity to feed on the manna of heaven. Thank you because the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Our minds are open. Our spirits receptive. We trust that by your spirit you'll open up your word to our hearts. And we won't just be hearers of the word alone. but We'll be doers of the same. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, last week, I was actually going to teach on something else. But as I was waking up in the morning, I just heard a voice, you know, the voice of the Lord. Just speak up uh, some portions of scriptures. Just spoke them up to me. Of course, I knew where they were from. And uh, I gathered that it seems he wants us to pay attention to those things. So let's turn to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 um, verses 10 and 11. Psalm 91 verses 10 and 11. It says, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, in all thy ways. And then Psalm 34. Psalm 34. And in verse 7. The Bible says there. That the angel of the Lord. Encampeth round about them. That fear him. And delivereth them. So we began to talk about angelic protection. And the very first point we made is this. We said that. Divine protection belongs to us in Christ. Divine protection belongs to us in Christ. We saw from Ephesians 1, 19 to 23, the fact that we are seated with Jesus at the right hand of the Father, far above all the forces of darkness. Now, we know John 10.10 tells us that the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So the person who's behind any kind of evil is the devil. And since it's the devil who's behind all evil, who's behind attacks, who's behind kidnaps, accidents, uh, banditry, kidnappings, and all that stuff. And the devil is far beneath us. That means that we've got dominion over these things. Praise God. We've got dominion over these things. In Isaiah 54, verse 14, the Bible says, In righteousness shall thou be established. It says, You'll be far from oppression, because you do not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Verse 17 of Isaiah 54 says that, No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And it says that every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, we will condemn. And it says this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me. So you see, divine protection is ours. It belongs to us. It's our inheritance. It's our right. It's our privilege. Praise God. So that's the first thing we said. We said number two, that angels are ministering spirits. Sent by God to minister for us. Angels are ministering spirits sent by God to minister for us. We saw from Hebrews 1 verses 13 and 14. You know, the Bible makes it clear. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? So they are sent by God to minister for us. Psalm 91 verse 11 says he shall give his angels charge over thee. So, they are sent by God to minister for us. We also saw from Psalm 103 verse 20, where the Bible says, bless the Lord, all ye his hosts. uh, Then it goes on to talk about his angels that hearken to the voice of his word. Now, God gives voice to his word, right? He speaks his word. And angels hearken to what he commands. But you see, we also have the written word of God and we are told to speak the written word of God. God could speak a word to our hearts and we can give voice to that as well. You see, angels hearken to the voice of God's word. Whether that voice is God's voice or that voice is our voice, giving uh, voice, giving expression to God's word, angels hearken to that. Amen. Then the third thing, we said that One of the areas that angels minister for us is in the area of divine protection. One of the areas angels minister for us is in the area of divine protection. Like we saw from Psalm 91, verses 10 and 11. There shall no evil befall thee. It says, Neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling. Now, plague, listen, COVID is a plague. Yeah, it says, It won't come near our dwelling. What's our dwelling? Our dwelling primarily is our physical body. So it's not going to come near our physical body. Our dwelling also includes our home. Amen. Our family. In Proverbs 3.33, the Bible says that the habitation of the just is blessed. One translation calls it the home of the just is blessed. So no plague will befall us. No plague will come near our dwelling. No evil will come upon us. Why? Because we are protected by the Lord. We have his protection. And those angels, part of what they see to is that no evil comes near us. Amen. You know, just being conscious of the fact that there's a being right behind me now, at least one of them, and perhaps more, you know, that they're just on assignment. That I've got a bodyguard everywhere I go. And so do you. You know, in Matthew 18.10, Jesus was talking about little children. And he said, their angels do always behold the face of his father, which is in heaven. Amen. Now, do you lose your angel because you grow up? Then we ought ought to just stay children, right? No, you don't lose your angel because you grow up. We've got at least one angel assigned to each of us. You know, in talking about Mount Zion in Hebrews 12, the Bible talks about the city, calls it the city of the living God. Calls it an innumerable company of angels. Church of the firstborn. Spirits of just men made perfect. You see, we have an innumerable company of angels. We have an innumerable company of angels. And believe me, those guys are strong. One angel slew 185,000 people in one night. We have record of that in the Bible. So I have a fellow who's that strong. And if the need arises, he will do stuff in the physical For me. Amen. Even if it arises. Praise God. So, that's what the word of God says. And the Bible is either true or is a lie. But it's truth. We know that. In Psalm 34 verse 7, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Amen. So, they deliver us. Praise God. We need to be mindful of that. Accidents, car accidents, Air accidents, train accidents, domestic accidents, any kind of accident. Amen. Now, the Swedish translation of Psalm 91 verse 10 actually says, there shall no accident overtake thee. No accident shall overtake us. We have God's word for that. And we can claim whatever we have God's word for. Then the fourth point, which we made last week also, is the fact that We activate divine protection by our faith and our confession. We activate divine protection by our faith and our confession. In Psalm 91, starting from verse 1, the Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2 says, I will what? I will what? I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. So, my trust has a lot to do with this walking. And what I say of the Lord has a lot to do with this walking. If what I say is contrary to what God says, I can actually bind the angels that are meant to help me and their hands will be tied and they will just be looking at me and there's nothing they can do. Because thou art snared by thy words. Proverbs 6.2. Thou art taken captive by the words of your mouth. Amen. So what we say, what we say, you know, sometimes people are talking and say, ah, hmm, these accidents, you know, it could have been you. No, stop talking like that. Stop believing like that. Amen. Don't do that. Don't talk that way. Don't believe that way. Now, I'll say something too. Many times, when we start confessing certain things, we might not really believe them ourselves. When we start confessing certain things, we might not believe them ourselves. you know. But the thing is this. If we keep saying the same thing over and over and over again, eventually, it's going to register on our spirit and it will dominate our life. Praise God. So don't forget, our words have a lot to do with this divine protection. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? As a, a, a habit, my wife and I, let's say we are driving. We now get to an accident scene. Anytime we do, there's something we always do instinctively. We trained ourselves to do that. And what's it? we we'll just speak God's word. No evil befalls us. No plague comes near our dwelling. He has given his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. Amen. So we take advantage of every opportunity to speak God's word about divine protection. Let me say this. Faith will walk in the heart with doubt in the head. I'll say that again. Faith will walk in the heart with doubt in the head thoughts may come and they may persist but thoughts that are not expressed in words or in actions die unborn the most holy saints of God have sometimes found thoughts in their minds that their hearts resented many times I'm on the plane traveling somewhere and then a thought crosses my mind you will die today you will die today. This plane will crash today. This plane will crash today. You know, the Bible didn't say, you shall have whatever he thinketh. The Bible says, you shall have whatever he saith. Now, what did I say? Earlier on, there was a time when any time those negative thoughts come, I'll speak God's word at them. No, the weapons of our warfare are not canal. They are mighty through God to so the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Praise God. You know, so I'll pull down those imaginations. I'll cast them down. And I'll just speak God's word about it. Then after some time, the time came when I knew really it wasn't necessary. Now, nothing wrong with doing that. If thoughts come at you, you can resist them. You can speak to them. But also, you see, the Bible says he shall have whatever he saith. I'm not the one who is saying those thoughts. I'm not saying that. It's just like if someone were to curse me, you know. Yes, if Someone curses you, and you say, "No, no weapon formed against me will prosper." In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that. Yeah, that's okay. But let me also tell you. After some time, I discovered if you like curse me all you want, that's your problem. It's not mine. Am I the one who is saying it? The Bible says, "He shall have whatever he saith." As I don't believe it, and I don't say it, then it's not going to happen. Now, why it's good sometimes to cast down some imaginations and resist them is so they don't ever get a foothold in your mind. But also, once I've spoken God's word, then, you know, many times i say, I'll kill you today. I'll kill you. I say, I dare you. And I go and sleep. Kill me if you can. <laughs> you can't. Because you see, he shall have whatsoever he saith he shall have whatsoever he saith so we are to say what the word of God says in Mark eleven twenty three, 23 Jesus said for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith so all I have to do is to say I believe in my heart that what I say shall come to pass. So, when I'm traveling, as a usual thing, I'll say stuff like, I'm going to Lagos. You see, just saying I'm going to Lagos, that's, I released my faith. And I do that deliberately. I didn't say I was going to the middle of the road and then die. No, it's Lagos I'm going to. Until I get to Lagos, I'm not yet in Lagos. You know, just like Jesus told the disciples, let us pass over onto the other side. See, the only reason Jesus calmed that storm was because of their unbelief. He really didn't need to. When he said, let us pass over to the other side, he slept. Amen. Now, let me also say this. You see, there's something about faith and anxiety. They don't go together. Are you listening to me? Look, the devil tells you, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Okay, what if you die? You go to heaven. Either way, the devil is the loser. Do you understand? You know, sometimes we think, hey, everything that can go wrong can go wrong. This can go wrong. That can go wrong. If this goes wrong, hey, if this could go wrong. Hey, it mustn't happen. No. It mustn't happen. No. It mustn't happen. No. Oh, God, it mustn't happen. Oh, God, it mustn't happen. God, I believe you. It mustn't happen. You're not believing him. You're just being anxious. You can't get into faith if you haven't gotten out of anxiety. So, there's something about You know, there was one time I had a growth. I was a student. Had a growth somewhere in my body. Then the devil began to tell me, it's cancer. It's cancer. They're going to find out it's cancer. They're going to find out it's cancer. You will die. You will die. You will die. See, how was he telling me? Just thoughts coming at me. Then one day I said, okay, big deal. What if it's cancer? And so, if it's cancer, then I won't be the first person who was attacked with it. And I most probably won't be the last person. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, what can even happen that I die? <laughs> so, if I die, we will like I go to heaven. Either way, you are the loser. Oh, I beg. Stop that thing. You know, when I got to that place, then I now said, however, I'm not even dying. And besides, I'm not even accepting this. I stand my ground against it. I didn't even know when it disappeared. He just vanished. Do you see my point? So, faith, what we say, what we say, what we believe. That's why it's important to feed our faith. Feed it regularly on God's word. Feed it regularly about divine protection. Brother Higgins said he saw this Psalm 91, verse 10, the Swedish translation that says, There shall no accident overtake thee. He said, When he saw that, he claimed it that the longest day he lives, he will never have an accident. Now, Kenneth e. Hagin drove two million miles in America, preaching the gospel, two million miles, driving. He said the worst that he ever had was a flat tire. He said, and that flat tire, he actually, if he had paid attention to the witness he had in his heart, he wouldn't have had it. Never had an accident. Yeah, that's a good example to follow, right? So that's someone who has proved that it can happen. Yeah, that was before there were these highways, when they had just two-lane roads, you know? Yeah. So God protects his own. God protects his own. Praise God. Amen. So it's possible. It's possible. Let's keep believing God's word. Let's keep saying God's word. Let's keep saying God's word. Let's keep saying God's word. Faith works the same in all realms. For the new birth... For the baptism in the Holy Ghost, for divine healing, for divine protection, it works just the same. You believe it in your heart, you say it with your mouth. You believe it in your heart, you say it with your mouth. You believe it in your heart, you say it with your mouth. And then you keep saying what the Word of God says. You keep saying what the Word of God says. Amen. Now, of course, you know, what's most important is your life. In Acts 27, we'll get there in a bit. Yeah, if they had paid attention to Paul, they wouldn't have lost anything. But, Paul said, there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying that shall be brought before Caesar. And I've given you not only your life, but the lives of all them that sail with thee. He now told them, he said, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be as it was told me. 276 of them. But you know, nobody died. All their lives are preserved. Now, did they lose property? They did. Did they lose that ship? They did. But you know, they they could get property back. But their lives were protected. Amen. 276 of them. So you see, we have the promise of protection. Yes, even our property. Now, you may have lost stuff, but thank God, he's a restorer, isn't it? The Bible says if a thief be caught, he will restore sevenfold. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Amen. So we have the promise of... Of protection, divine protection, it belongs to us in Christ Jesus. And just like any other thing, it works by faith. See, First Timothy 4, 7 and 8. The Bible says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. It says so bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable to all things. Notice how is godliness profitable? Having promise, having promise, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. The reason godliness is profitable is because of the promises. Now, you can live, if, if, you can claim God's best if you are not giving him your best. But you can live a godly life. You can serve God, be committed to God, be obeying God. But if you don't take advantage of the promises, your profiting may not appear. And you may not experience the profit that is ours I hope that makes sense so don't just say i'm serving god i'm preaching the gospel god won't allow me to die you can die preaching the gospel you can have a plane crash traveling to preach the gospel you can have a car accident and go to heaven traveling to preach the gospel it has happened to people it may still happen to some people but you don't have to be one of them So, yes, we live a godly life, but we also take advantage of the promises. Because I'm doing God's work doesn't automatically protect me. Look, if you and the devil never have a head-on collision, you're probably going in the same direction. If you are doing something for God, the devil hates your gods. He will do anything and everything he can to take you out. But you see, it's just like him to try. But it's just like us to triumph. Isn't it? Praise God. So we activate or we appropriate divine protection by our faith and our confession. By our faith and our confession. Now, the fifth point. I've said all those four. I just revised them. And you know, faith comes at hearing and hearing, right? So it doesn't hurt to revise those things. Number five. Now moving ahead today. The place of protection. The place of protection is the place of relationship. And fellowship with God. The place of protection is the place of relationship and fellowship with God. The place of protection is the place of relationship and fellowship with God. Now, what do I mean by that? In Psalm 91 verse 1, which is kind of like what introduces this psalm of protection It says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So, the person who will abide under the shadow of the Almighty is the one who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. So, for you to abide in the shadow of the Almighty, you must dwell in the secret place of the Most High. The question is this, where is this secret place of the Most High? Where is it? So that I can dwell there, right? Right? how do I dwell in the secret place of the Most High? Because, like we've seen, it's the person who dwells in the secret place of the Most High who abides under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, in Colossians chapter 3, Colossians 3, reading from verse 1, the Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth verse 3 says for ye are dead Colossians 3 verse 3 for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God verse 4 says when Christ who is our life shall appear then shall ye also appear with him in glory you see the secret place of the most high is that place of being in Christ as far as our covenant is concerned yes in the old covenant they had protection but in the new covenant the secret place of the most High is being in Christ. Is being in Christ. Is being in Christ. When you are in Christ, the Bible says, you are, he that is joined to the Lord, he is one spirit with him. Amen. Paul, he said, I belong to God. I serve God. It's because I belong to God that he protects me. Amen. So it's that place of relationship and fellowship with God. Amen. Now, a person who is not born again, yeah, God, the Bible says, he's the savior of all men. But it says, especially those who believe. Now, God won't tell us to do what he wouldn't do. He said, as we have opportunity, we should do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. So, God does good to all men. God will protect all men the best he can. There are some unbelievers Who just believe God for protection. And you know he protects them. Yeah, they're not born again. After all, the Syrophoenician woman ate crumbs. She didn't have a covenant with God. The centurion, who was Roman, didn't have a covenant with God. Exercised greater faith than any Jesus has seen in Israel. Yeah. And he didn't have a covenant with God. So, God will always honor faith. Because faith honors God. However, We that believe, look, it belongs to us. It's not just crumb that we are trying to get. It is our bread. And we are not under the table as dogs. We are seated on the table. So the place of protection is that place of relationship and fellowship with God. Relationship and fellowship with God. So that brings in another thing. Walking in fellowship with God. Now, if a believer is living in broken fellowship, hmm, he's over in the devil's territory. Where the devil can attack him. Are you listening? Yeah. So, we don't want to live there. We don't want to get out of that place of fellowship with God. walking with him. Obeying him. Amen. So, living in fellowship with God. In the new covenant, we have one commandment. And what's that commandment? It's the commandment of love. In John 13, 34, Jesus said a new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another as I have loved you. That ye also love one another. Now, if I'm not walking in love, I'm over in the devil's territory. I'm not able to appropriate protection the way I should. If I'm having bitterness, you know, some... Sixty-six verse eighteen says, "If I regard iniquity in my heart, Lord won't hear me." Galatians five six says, "For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor circumcision, but faith which worketh by love." If I'm not walking in love, my faith won't work like it should. So I can't say I'm claiming divine protection, but I act nasty. I, I'm not living right. I'm living in sin. I'm doing stuff that isn't right. I won't be able to claim it. I won't be able to experience divine protection the way God wants me to. Why? Because I'm not walking in love like I should. Hope that makes sense. Now, I'm not saying any of us should now become the witch hunter. You know? And anytime anybody, something happens to someone, say, "Eh, what is the sin in their life? What's the sin in their life? There's probably no sin in their life. Sometimes it's just an attack of the devil. Not because they sinned or anything. Not because they are out of fellowship. It's just the devil. We live in a world where the devil is God. So it's just like the devil to try to attack us. But it's also just like us to resist him. But you see, Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. Yeah, we can give place to the devil by being afraid. We can also give place to the devil by not living right. If we're not living right like we should... We can't claim the protection that belongs to us. In 1 John 3, 20 and 21, the Bible says, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. It says, but if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. The only time I will have confidence towards God, like I should, is when my heart isn't condemning me. For a believer, you know, 1 Timothy 1.19 says, holding faith and a good conscience which some haven't put away concerning faith, I've made a shipwreck. So if I'm not keeping a tender conscience, you know, our conscience, the voice of our spirit, that's our inward monitor that warns us about right and wrong. If I keep violating my conscience, overriding my conscience, I'm not living right, I'm not doing what's right, then I won't be able to have confidence towards God like I should. And I won't be able to claim his protection like I should. Yes, he's a merciful father, He will help me the best he can. But sometimes, the best he can is not the best for me. (laughs) I need to live in a way that I can claim his very best. See, we can't claim God's best if we're not giving him our best. Hope that makes sense. So if I want to claim that protection, I need to walk in close fellowship with God. Just like any of his provisions. I need to walk in close fellowship with God. In Mark 11, 23 and 24, wonderful verses. But 25 goes ahead to say, And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you. So, unforgiveness will hinder my faith. Not walking in love will hinder my faith. Not keeping a tender conscience, not living right will hinder my faith. So, I don't want to be caught there. It will open the door to the devil. You see, in um, Romans Romans 8:12, the Bible says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Said for if ye live after the flesh, this is written, notice said, Therefore, brethren, 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 born-again people, we're debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Said for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify, put to death the deeds of ye shall live. 14 now says, so as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the mature sons of God. They are the sons of God showing forth their sonship. Amen. Every child of God can be led by the Spirit of God. But those who take advantage of that leading are those who are mature. Hope that makes sense. Now, does he, is he talking about dying physically? Not necessarily. He's talking about spiritual death. If a Christian indulges the flesh... He's opening the door to spiritual death in his life. It could manifest as sickness. It could manifest as premature death. It could manifest as failure. It could manifest as poverty. But listen, let's say you'll be walking in the flesh. What do you do? Just repent. Just repent. And what does the Father do? He will forgive you and it will be as though it never happened. Amen. Praise God. So, place of protection is a place of relationship and fellowship with God. In 1 John 2, 5, the Bible says, whoso keepeth his word, talking about God's word, said, in him verily is the love of God perfected. So the love of God is perfected in the one who keeps God's word. Now in 1 John 5, verse 3, the Bible talks about the fact that his commandments are not grievous. If I love him that begat, I love him also that is begotten of him. And um, let me just start from that first verse of 1 John 5. The Bible tells us that whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Verse 2 says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Three, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So to walk in love also includes to obey God. To obey God. To obey God. That's obey his written word. And that also includes to obey his plans and his purposes for my life. See, February 1959, Brother Higgin was preaching somewhere in El Paso, Texas. While he was preaching, something happened. He got by the side of the platform and he was going to fall off, you know. And then he held out his hand to steady himself. He fell. When he fell, right there, that arm, his right arm got broken. It was bad. As in, the bone was sticking out. There was a nurse there who had to come to his aid immediately. You know, removed his shirt. They had to try to stick the bone back in. They rushed him to the hospital. Right from church. i getting to the... While on the way, the Lord spoke to him. Yeah, it's not exactly what they think it is. It's not broken the way they think it is. But I'll talk to you further about it. A few days after, while he was in the hospital, Jesus appeared to him. And... I'll save us the details of the story. He told him, he said, You see, the reason you had that accident was because you got out of my perfect wheel. I called you as a prophet and a teacher. You made yourself a teacher and a prophet. You began to neglect your prophet's ministry. If I had allowed you to continue the way you were going, you would have died at age 55. Yeah. So, there's also the place of obeying God. If I'm not obeying God, not just obeying his written word, also obeying his plans and his purposes for my life, then I can open myself up to the devil. Now, listen, his commandments are not grievous. God is not hiding the syllabus from us. God will not set exam on what he didn't teach us eh, and then uh, have a marking scheme that is only... You know, it's only the Godhead that can pass that exam. You know, there's some universities. They'll tell you that the first class is for the lecturer. And that two, one, no, the, that first class is for God. Two, one is for the lecturer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so all of you, that two, two you should be struggling for. Now, yeah, that's mean. You know, yeah, God is not like that. His commandments are not grievous. He will make his will known to us. He will make his plan known to us. But you see, if we step out of fellowship with God, if we get into disobedience, it can open the door to the enemy. Obeying the written word of God, uh, disobeying the written word of God or disobeying what God has spoken to our hearts, his plans and his purposes. Brother Higgins said, the Lord told him, he said, I never called you to pastor to begin with. When you left your last church was when you stepped into the first phase of the ministry I had for you. Then he said, many ministers live and die without getting into the first phase of the ministry I have for them. And that's the reason many of them die young. And many die in middle age. A person can be strong in faith, believe in God, can even be walking in love towards the brethren. But if they are not in the center of God's will for their life, if they are not obeying God like they should, if they are not following the plan of God like they should, now, listen, don't Become paranoid, and you he say, "Hey, hey! Maybe I'm not in the will of God. Maybe I'm not listening. God is not mean. He will make His plan plain. He will reveal it to us. Yes, it's our responsibility to seek Him, but He will make it plain. And thank God, we're not disobedient children, are we? No, we're not. We're obedient children. Amen. We follow the leading of God's Spirit. So that underscores my point: the place of protection is a place of relationship and fellowship with God. The safest place to be on earth is in the center of God's will. You can go to, you can relocate to Canada, you can relocate to the US, and straight bullet can go and meet the person there. And somebody can live in Sambisa Forest and live to be one and five. And he's living inside Maiduguri. Yeah. With Boko Haram. You see, the safest place it's a, pro- a place of God's plan. What did God tell you to do? You know, protection doesn't come from abroad. Security doesn't come from abroad. Security comes from above. Yes, if you have the opportunity to get a better education, seize it. Praise God for that. You can go abroad, fine, nothing wrong with that. But you want to make a major decision. Thinking about relocating, those kind of things. <laughs> My guy, go and pray first. What's God telling you? Is it God that told you, or is it your family that is pressuring you, or is it circumstances? Person go to jackpot, you know. Don't go and jackpot. Be led of God. Be led of God. What's God telling you? That's the place of divine protection, the center of God's will. All right. Uh, praise god certainly we're not going to finish today and that's okay right so let's let this sink in it's the place of relationship and fellowship with god let me introduce the next point no let me leave it till next week praise god so we'll let that sink in right place of fellowship we want to be in fellowship we want to walk in love we want to live right we want to do what we know is right. We want to follow the leading of God's spirit. We want to follow the plan and the purpose of God for our lives. And it, it is in so doing that we can claim God's best. Praise God. Let's say this together. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And so I abide. under the shadow of the Almighty. Say with me, no evil befalls me no plague comes near my dwelling. God has given his angels charge over me. They keep me in all my ways. The angel of the Lord encamps round about me and delivers me. I obey God. I live right. I walk in love. I follow the will of God. I'm shielded from evil. You've been listening to Ramah Faith Radio Brought to you by the partners and friends of Ramah Nigeria We offer training in God's word And in the things of the spirit For victorious Christian living And success and fulfilling ministry Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 81 01 The number again, 81 01 Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.